0: After taking a gunshot to the chest and surviving, then later finding himself incarcerated, Dr. Halim Ali made a new decision, that he was going to dedicate himself to elevating others who are navigating some of the dark tunnels he's been through in his life. This led to founding From the Heart Enterprises, a Denver nonprofit having a tremendous impact on people of all ages. Dr. Halim is a true force for good and I can't wait to share his inspiration on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am honored to have a conversation with Dr. Halim Ali, founder and executive director of From the Heart Enterprises in Denver, an organization dedicated to making a difference through mental health. Dr. Ali is an activist, mentor, master facilitator, motivational speaker, mental health professional, and soon-to-be author aiming to transform traumatic experience and lifestyles by restoring the mind, creating strong personal foundations, restoring personal life balance and implementing wellness tools to apply for a lifetime. Gosh, he makes me feel like such a slacker. He works directly (laughs) with the (laughs) Denver Metro community and its suburbs. He was always advocating for the empowerment of the people and creating a profound awareness of mental health issues throughout Colorado to establish healthy American families. His story of how he's come to positively impact his community and beyond through his work is super inspiring. I can't wait to get into all of it. Dr. Ali, welcome and thanks for joining. Me.
1: It is my pleasure, Jay. Thank you for having me, my friend.
0: Well, let's start simple. And how would you describe from the heart enterprises as somebody that doesn't know anything about it?
1: You know what I would say from the heart was born from the needs of the people. From the heart just basically saw a gap, saw disparagement, saw the disproportionate Um. You know, the disproportionality that exists in education, that exists just in life overall. So our first programs were really built to serve the people because we didn't see service in that area. That's the story of every great
0: nonprofit, right? <laughs> but your, your story, your personal story really struck me. It's one of trauma uh, transformation and really what I'd call triumph. And I know you've told it a million times, but I, I'd love if you would share some of the journey to what, what got you to where you are today, doing this kind of work.
1: Oh man, Jay, where do you want to start? I mean, cause, cause it was, it was things that happened in childhood in adolescence when I becoming a, a, a teen and then young adulthood. Right. So I, I would say, you know, with,
0: with starting with in the teen area, because that's really okay. a large part right. of the work
1: that you're working with. Okay. You know, the folks Beautiful. you're working with. Beautiful. Now, in that time, I would say high school, you know. My life was always filled with violence leading up to high school, so the ninth, 10th grade. By the time I got there, I had already, I have two older brothers. I'm the middle son of five, so I was always fighting. My father was a pug, and we always kept boxing gloves. So by the time I was in the 12th grade, I had been finally expelled from all Aurora Public Mm. Schools. I was suspended about 27 times in three years for fighting finally expelled and I ended up having to move to Denver because I couldn't go to any APS Mm -hmm. moved to Denver uh, and I was just pushed through the system I didn't really go to school once I once I went to Denver that's when I started ditching and drinking during lunchtime right right and from there I would say graduating high school straight into the street. I was shot in my chest a year after graduating. Wow. Right. Yeah. Because that same violent temper and that same violent path that I had taken all my life led me to the end of a gun and perpetrator shot me. So I was maybe at that point 20. Wow. And once I lived, you know, it wasn't like that pulled me back or I I heeded that warning or that admonition. It actually thrusted me further into Mm. the gang culture and street life. I felt like at that point I was invincible. Wow! I got shot and I survived. Right. right. I'm the man, right? And then I have all of my friends around me. They're like, oh, in the street, they say you're OG now. You got shot and you lived, you're OG. This is a status Mm -hmm. symbol, (laughs) a badge of so-called honor. So I would say from that point, Jay, and being a hip-hop artist, so with talking about the violence in the streets and Mm -hmm. my songs and promulgating that whole way of life for about the next 12 to 15 years until it ended me in jail in 2014, and I was incarcerated for about 403 days. Wow. And that's where... You know, I made the decision to be an asset and no longer a liability. Right. So I came home from jail after that 403 days and I did my first event. This was January 2nd, 2016. I hadn't quite identified the name from the heart. Mm-hmm. I was I, I knew I, I wanted to do something from the heart. So my first event was called Rags to Redemption, and it was a suit gifting event slash job fair for men exiting nice. incarceration and uh, rehabilitation institutions. And we served on that day about one hundred and forty uh, men. Wow. We had two hundred suits and gave, you know, um, about 150, 160 suits out. Wow. Uh, we had a personal stylist from Nordstrom come and show them help the men find their sizes. And I was the keynote and we fed the men. We talked about the hiring process and the, you know, a lot of these men haven't used computers. So there was a gentleman there. I remember from Arkansas and he had been incarcerated for 10 years. He had only been out for three days and he came to my event. Wow. After I did the keynote, I walked around, I shook everybody's hand. I saw this man later on at another event, maybe two months later, and there were maybe 100 people at this event and I was speaking there and he said he stood up in front of everybody and talked about how he was gainfully employed at that time and how he was full of, of of hopelessness and despair. And then he came to our event. And he said, as a result of coming to the event, he's, you know, that's when he said he's gainfully employed. He had he was missing teeth in the front. He said he got his teeth fixed and he pointed to me and he said that man gave me my humanity back. Wow. Wow. And when I heard that 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 was the beginning of From the Heart. That's all I needed. I'm <laughs> to say, that's, that's the I'm on, I'm on to
0: something here.
1: that's that's
0: awesome. Well, well, I loved when I, I, I saw an interview with you where you said, you know, a lot of the violence, a lot of the drug use, the roots of that are really some mental health, mental health Mm -hmm. issues. And, Mm -hmm. And I know that that's a big part of what you tackle. Do you still see, I don't like the word stigma, but do you still see it's kind of a stigma where it's really hard for somebody to take that
1: first step and ask for help? Absolutely, and that's sad, isn't it? It is sad, Jay. However, you know when I look at and and you know I live off of statistics. I review certain statistics mm-hmm. uh, daily, but there's a, a statistic from the CDC which says one man, three men per minute, commit suicide. It's about three hundred and ten thousand. Men or something like that a year. Think of that. That's right. Unfathomable. Yeah. And think about, you know, the there's a video in adult mental health first aid where there's a young man, 17, still in high school, and he's in San Francisco and he decides that he's gonna jump off of the San Francisco bridge and take his (laughs) life. And the day that he gets on the trolley to go and end his life, he says to himself, if just one person asks me how I'm doing, I won't do it. If just one person asks. So he said he made it all the way to his destination, got to the bridge, was walking to the bridge. And here comes this tall, beautiful Australian woman. And she says, Excuse me. And he said he felt an immediate sense of relief. And she says, will you take my picture? And so she hands him the camera. He takes the picture, proceeds to the bridge and jumps off and lives. Oh, geez. Breaks every bone in his body. And he said immediately when he jumped, he wanted to live. But the point that I'm making is sometimes just asking someone how they're doing. Right. Because Um, think about the hyper masculine culture we live in, Jay. It is not it is not in vogue to for a man to say, give me a hug or I love you or I'm hurting. And do you find that a little more aggravated when it comes to men of color? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I see it. And to be honest with you, I see it more from a. Um, I did, we had a conversation about mental disorders and mental illness Mm -hmm. right now. And the difference being mental illness, something that you're born with mental disorder is something that may happen systemically or environmentally, right. right, That you're Um, at the mercy of, uh, mm -hmm. right. So what I see now are more disorders prevalent in terms of as, as it regards or as it relates to, uh, self-harm. Yep. Right. So friends who have done periods in uh, in battle or who are veterans, right, right, who have seen certain things. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And when I tell you, it's one of the most disturbing books on psychology I've ever read. But it was it's so real. Right. Just in terms of the internal Mm -hmm. struggle that is happening that we're fighting with that we're using alcohol to mask or drugs to mask or Mm -hmm. over-sexualizing to mask or overeating to mask overworking to mask all of the indulgences over shopping over. Right. Well, and I would think, you know, I've I've
0: talked to veterans, the the veteran suicide numbers are just (laughs) jarring, shaky to your core. Teen suicide. It's terrible. And, and, do you find that, you know, in talking to some people about the teen suicide, the scary part of it is those kids, when you talk about masking, you'll ask them how they're doing and they'll they'll hide. They, they won't say how they're doing when they're really struggling. So you
1: really got to be able to dig deep. Well, and you know what? Something I learned a few years ago, you know, when we um, this is like picking my daughter up from school. I won't say, how was your day? Right well, I'll say what was the most what what was the best part of your day? <laughs> something that creates a conversation right right so instead of asking these questions that are easy to answer with one word, a yes or a no mm-hmm. right because in also in adult mental health first aid, they talk about they have this acronym called algae a l g e e and this is an acronym that is useful when you may feel like someone is uh, going to self-harm or is at risk, Mm -hmm. right? So the A stands for to assess for the risk of suicide or harm. And of course, if that is prevalent, then we definitely want to call the authorities Mm -hmm. um, the L. Now, if that's not prevalent, then the L is for listen non-judgmentally. Right. Listen, non-judgmentally. The G being give reassurance and support. The first E is to encourage professional help. And the second E is to encourage self-help. Right. But I feel like what I find, to be honest with you, Jay, is our children are dying for a voice. They're dying to be heard. So we had 20 young men at La Fere Retreat Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, from April 21st to April 24th with our Rights of Passage program, all between the ages of 13 to 17, um, and majorly young men of color. When I tell you on the second day, I asked how many of you guys have been impacted by gun violence or suicide and every hand went up. Oh, cool. And I immediately had to shift gear. It was no longer about the curriculum or what we were planning to do with programming. I had to give them the floor. Right. And for the next three, four hours, they talked about their emotions they went through, the feelings of revenge, retaliation, the feeling of loss like a part of them had uh, been taken that can never be restored. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, man. So to me, what I see is they're dying for a voice. They're dying to be heard. We have to ask the right questions. You
0: know, one thing I've learned is how important, you know, being able to talk to somebody who's been where you are or where what you're feeling. And I would think this is a big advantage for you. You've walked in all these kids' shoes. So and I I, again, I saw another interview with you where you said when you can talk to somebody and they, (laughs) they can they suddenly have this feeling that, oh, me too. Mm -hmm. talk about that had to be such a big thing (laughs) when you're dealing with all those kids for them to to feel like they're talking to somebody that knows exactly where they've been
1: well jay and i'm sure that you can relate to this and anyone that's listening can relate to this as well we don't always know the purpose of why we go through things And I was looking at my life at a certain stage of my life as if I had wasted my life with getting Mm. in trouble and getting shot and catching felonies. And I'm like, what have I done? I've just thrown away a life. And then to be in a space where lived experience is almost everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) the place you're living in right now. And there's a statistic which says Young men between the ages of eight to 18 who have that positive role model who looks like them Mm -hmm. are 50 percent less likely to get involved in the criminal justice system. Fifty percent. Fifty percent less likely. Wow. So these statistics, they drive me. They drive my work. Right. That's why I was late tapping in with you. I was sitting mentoring a young man and. I told him I had to go and he just wouldn't stop. I hey, said, man, I gotta well go.
0: <laughs> I'm well spent.
1: But we connect, you know, I have a, I connect very easily and they can yeah. tell that when they can tell when you're authentic and when you yep. mean it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean it. Well, talk about a little bit more about
0: some of the other awesome programs that you do through from the heart. I love the mile high chess club, the afterschool enrichment, the workshops, the the wellness Sundays, Tell us about
1: about some of the, all, all this great stuff that you're doing to fill these gaps. Wow. Well, I tell you what, where we started, Jay, with our legacy uh, program, the monthly family service day. Now, we started this in 2017 and each month on the last sunday of the month we get together as a community uh the families of our mentees and the mentors we all come together and we create hygiene bags um typically 300 to 400 hygiene bags and then wow. we get out as a community and we serve uh the public the you know the houseless downtown wow. jesus saves uh saint francis uh, so now this is a legacy program that I saw necessary outside of all of the other mental health work that I'll talk a little bit about. Mm -hmm. But when it came to our youth services, whether it was one-on-one, peer-to-peer, whether it was the Maha Chess Club, we didn't have a buy-in from parents Mm. a lot of times. So we created the monthly family service day to get that buy-in. Right. So the, so the parents can understand what we're doing, right. That this is not just a, a a box we're trying to check Mm -hmm. by having your children, part of our program. So that would be one program that I would like to, you know, just highlight, you know, that's four years. Well, five years right now, it's 2023. That's five, five years in the running. Now what we've done, Jay, we focus on, uh, modality. So one of the things, one of the benefits I received as an executive director and as I was being prepared for this role with From the Heart, I mm-hmm. was part of the prevention team uh, with Denver Human Services nice. <laughs> nice. on a prevention team called d Denver Parent Advocates Lending Support, right? And Denver Human Services put me through maybe four or five train the trainers, right? The, and those are three to five day, eight hour a day trainings, right? So I went through the train, the trainer with youth mental health first aid, adult mental health first aid, five protective factors, wellness recovery action plan, habilitation, empowerment, accountability therapy, all of these modalities, right? And then what we do, we will use these modalities as from the heart in a way that, um, speaks to the demographic that we're working with so if we talk about habilitation empowerment accountability therapy that's the heat program Mm -hmm. and this was uh created by uh two african-american men especially for young men between the ages of 13 to 18 who have criminal justice involvement beautiful right so we have that division but we have maybe three different um, three different approaches when it comes to that curriculum. So we will do one-on-one group. We will, I mean, uh, the group session, the one-on-one peer-to-peer, and we also have a multi-generational approach within that modality, awesome. right? Because it's not just for the youth. We work with the parents too, right? And connect that, uh, that gap, you know, ideally. So we have about, Uh, I would say currently Jay, 12 to 15 different strategies that we use in order to address and approach mental health, behavioral health, suicide prevention, and gun violence awareness. So another program, like you just, we just talked a little bit about triggers. That's our annual um, gun violence and suicide prevention awareness uh, event. We just did the second day, on MLK day uh, on the 16th. And on the second day, now the first night is built for um, identifying the why, why are we here, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a four hour event. We did it at the Collaboratory Complex this year in December. And we had uh, Sarah Hornbuckle from the Hornbuckle Foundation. They're a recovery, Uh, A recovery organization. I I was just promoted to vice president of that organization. But we're doing great work in the recovery area. But she came and she sang a song. She she plays a beautiful acoustic guitar and just she sang a beautiful song called Trauma. We had a young lady come and play her violin. And then I spoke about some statistics and then we brought up Matthew and Jonathan to tell their story. So this, that was the first day. The second day is we focus more on community solutions. Right. So we will begin to look at the reasons why we end up in these spaces while we may end up in a depressive state with suicide Uh ideation right how 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 do we end up here and what can we do to keep from ending up here What what how did i end up with a gun in my hand attempting to shoot somebody yeah what led up to that point right so let's look at the life so we looked at what we call the recovery topics let's look at the life stressors and triggers Mm -hmm. That may have that may have occurred. Right. Let's look at early warning signs. Let's look at what's happening when things are breaking down. And then let's ultimately look at crisis. What do you look like when you're in crisis? So this that that whole day was about crisis prevention, but identifying what leads to crisis, those steps. Because crisis doesn't just happen. So that's another <laughs> program. <Yeah. laughs> so you see, it's in, this is my passion. This it's, is it's my a, love. It's a big web. I love it. it. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, we have our uh, alternative lifestyle event. And these are more of these are for our youth who, you know, successfully complete. You know, the rigorous aspects of the program, then we'll give them something like take them to Boondocks or Dave and Busters oh, yes. and we'll go tear the place up all day. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, because it, I, I feel like with these youth, it cannot be a uh, cookie cutter. So then we have right. an event called Learn, Grow, Elevate. This, these, this is our Saturday program where we serve our eight to 12 year olds. Nice. right now. This this is a co-ed program. It's about an hour and a half. What we do, we start off with some meditation and some mindfulness. Um, and then we'll get into what I call uh, the Shaolin Temple. And I'll show them some blocks and some self-defense moves. And we do push-ups, jumping jacks, things of that nature. And then we sit in a circle for about 45 minutes. And we talk about Social issues. We talk about bullying. We talk about respect at home. What's going on with mom? What's going on with dad? Right in a community space to where they're able to provide that peer support to each other. Right. Love it. So love and I can, and I can keep going, Jay. So I, I love it. Well, <laughs> you I, asked a loaded question. Well, the thing I love about <laughs> it so much
0: is that you know you think of somebody who wants to be involved with this, how they can find a shallow entry point, And you're, you're providing that for them. This would be so much different if it was a government program or, or a social mm-hmm. service program. you know, the, the fact that that you're providing a, a shallow entry point for people of all ages. I mean, with those young kids building those great habits, it's, it's beautiful. So one thing I do want to ask about, we say soon to be author, tell us about <laughs> what you're writing. <laughs>
1: Wow. That's a great question. So look, I started off writing my autobiography, my story, you know, telling my story and it has begun to unfold in so many ways. So what started off to be one book. Now I have about five books (laughs) and and then I just got back from San Marcos Island. Uh, I was at a seven, seven spiritual laws of success retreat with Deepak Chopra, Mm -hmm. his last one. And he's been like my, my mentor and spiritual guru for over a decade. So he inspired a whole other book. So, you know, Jay, the thing about it is in identifying the future of from the heart, it's different than the future of Halim Ali, Dr. Halim Ali. Right. So the book is more of a personal endeavor, a a, a goal that I at a very young age, Jay, I, I set three goals. I wanted to make records. I wanted to go to Africa and I wanted to become a black belt in martial arts. So I've done all of those things. So now. Writing wow. a book has become part of my once we set once we achieve goals. I always tell people, Jay, we gotta set bigger goals. That's right. We need new ones. We don't stop dreaming. Why, right. why do we stop dreaming? Just because we're fathers or we're older. <laughs> no, man. Come on, we still got breath in us, right? Oh
0: geez. Well, I hope you I hope you can find 15 <laughs> minutes somewhere during the day to sleep or eat.
1: Oh, oh man, you know what, Jay? And- I have the most amazing support system and the most amazing team. And I mean, I'm I, I, it's 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 it sounds like a lot. Khalil Gibran said in in one of his books, he said in the life of a flower, a flower that never sees its own shadow because it's so busy looking up. Uh, so, you know, I'm so busy doing the work, you know, I don't see the shadow. That's I don't see awesome. the compassion fatigue and the burnout and the things a lot of my colleagues experience. Yeah. I'm excited to do this work every day. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and thinking of kind of along those same lines,
0: what are some of the the greatest lessons you've learned along the way that you would share with somebody mm. who's looking to do this kind of work? Well, I
1: would say, I would say to be mindful of how you spend your time and what you give your attention to. I would also say have a practice, have a practice, meaning, you know, for me, I have several practices. I have a meditation practice. I have a um, I have a workout and exercise practice. Then I have my Shaolin temple practice. Then I have my studying practice to where I write and I'll read or I'll take notes. Right. So, you know, it's not solely about the work. It's because if you're unable to do the work, then the work doesn't exist. So you have to put your oxygen mask on first and make sure self-care has become such a um, such a notable word anymore, but it's real. Yeah. But there's ways to do that. I have learned to go back, honestly, Jay, and I'll say this, you know, in all honesty and transparency, but I've gone back to building Legos to things I used to enjoy as a child. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. That, that at one point in life, I said, I'm too old for Legos. Yeah. You know, during the pandemic, I went and bought me a Yoda <laughs> and man, I sat there for about three hours building that thing, oblivious to my phone, to the work, to the world. And when I came back to the world, I w- I felt renewed, right? So we have to recharge. We have yeah. to know how to recharge. We have to know what that
0: looks like. Absolutely. Great advice. So this is not a fair question, but I'll ask (laughs) anyway. Do you have a a favorite success story or two that you could share? Wow.
1: Oh, man. That's that's impossible, right? Oh, no, it's not. You know what? Oh, God, it's so many. It's so many. Um, I would say the greatest success story to date that it still is a very taboo conversation, right? And we are still addressing this elephant in the room. But for the first for the first gun violence awareness and suicide prevention wellness event in 2021 December in finishing the mini movie. In Finishing Triggers, the mini movie, we had we highlighted three different characters. Now, one was the young man from the hood who was being invited into gang violence and drugs and things of that nature. The second was a young man from the suburbs who had the black father, the white mother. And he began to be, you know, his triggers began when he had a best friend, Ovi, on barbiturates. But the third character was a young man from the LGB community, right? And a young African-American male, and I was very intentional about that character because I was curious as to what this conversation looks like because in breaking generational curses, what I realized is that I was raised a certain way all the men around me were hyper masculine. So mm-hmm. it was never about asking or seeking a question. We just, this is how you appeared. This is just what you were. Right. In this space, we look beyond appearances. Right. So, in inviting this young man to the, he, sh- now the, the first day we got his footage is when I met him. And when he showed up, he had this, um, You know, uh, spandex, leopard skin, spandex, purple suede, high heel boots, very flamboyant. And I looked when I looked at him, I chose to see the man before I saw the uh, the facade and the aesthetic. And I hugged him. Great lesson. We went we went and we got his parts. And when I tell you, it was phenomenal. He was like a force of nature. He was an anomaly. And so after we got his parts and got all the footage, I'm talking to him about what I do. And he, um, i remember, I'll never forget this, but he was so intrigued and captivated and he stuck his right arm out, Jay, and he had a fresh tattoo on his right arm. And he said, this is where I was gonna cut myself on my next suicide attempt, and you know, I said, your next suicide attempt, well, when was your last suicide attempt? And he said, it was two months ago. Mm. He says, my best friend and I, we agreed we were going to kill ourselves at the same time and meet each other on the other side. Mm. She succeeded and I failed. Oh, geez. So I got this tattoo to honor her and I was gonna take my life a month after getting this tattoo. But then I got a call to be in this mini movie and it's the only reason I'm alive. Wow. Jeez. That's right? crazy. And 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 but but this is the this, these are the rewards that we don't that we don't seek that we right. don't know that our what we're doing what I'm doing what I was doing with that at that time actually was saving a life and I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know it. So yeah, man.
0: <laughs> wow. So, What really keeps you? What really, where does this energy come from? And, and, and what really gets you excited about the future?
1: Honestly, <laughs> Jay, my, my kids and my, my, I have two grandchildren ah, and solid. I'm, oh my God, it has just been like truly my children watching them grow my 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 12 year old daughter i have a 7 month uh year old son a 3 year old granddaughter My daughter, my oldest daughter, who is 32, our relationship is so beautiful and we've become so close. And after being a young father with her and making Mm -hmm. mistakes and now being in a space to where all of those relationships are being restored, Uh, all of that, which I may have ruined. I'm I'm being given an opportunity to fix and to mend with my own hands. And I'm so excited just about that opportunity. I'll, I'll change gears just a little bit. Uh, for our last few
0: questions respect your time but one thing i always like to ask is what's something you will listen to
1: read or watch today okay you know what i'm a list what i would listen to today Eckhart tolles the power of now the audiobook okay and florence covelson's the game of life and how to play it the audiobook nice what i will read today i just came back my uh, my significant other and I, we just came back from a three-day silent retreat, oh, wow. game-changing. I mean, our only communication was in writing, and we were wow. in a cabin for three days, just wow. writing to each other. And on the third day, <laughs> when it was time it was- to speak, it was like we had so much to say, like yeah. we hadn't talked in years. Volcanoes. <laughs> so what I'll probably read today is... Um, uh, The seven spiritual laws of success, the law of pure potentiality and what it means to go into the silence. And what was the third? Anything you'll watch. What I'll watch. No time for that. (laughs) To be honest with you. You know what? My my daughter has a let me see. She has a banquet, volleyball banquet. So once I get back home, once I get back home, typically wind down hours, I would say me, myself, and Irene or something Uh, funny that I I like, yeah, light, man, (laughs) light, man. (laughs)
0: So can you tell us about somebody or whomever has been a really good role model for you in
1: doing the work that you're doing? I would say that role model living has to come from my mentor, Kenneth, Crowley of the Crowley Foundation, he saw something in me and he invested in it. And what he what he did, that was his greatest gift to me was he didn't make me compromise with what what he knew I could become. He didn't say you have to come and work for my organization and I'll teach you the nonprofit game. Nah, he said, look, this is how you do this. And he put his arm around me. And he brought me and walked me through how to create programs, what it looks like to get funding. And he always told me, always be a good steward, right? Always be a good steward, right? So I would definitely have to, and 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 that's living. Um, those who are not living, it's so many that have come before us that have paved the way, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just men who, have looked, who look like me, but I've learned from the teachings of Charles F. Hannell, Ralph Waldo, Emerson, Victor Frankl, all of these great men who have paved the way that endured tremendous sufferings. Yeah. And their greatness was born through their suffering in exactly. those cases. Yep. Yeah, man.
0: Can you tell me an organization that you're really outside of from the heart that you really admire the work
1: they're doing? Well, definitely. Like I said, the Crowley Foundation, I would also say. Um, I would also say Apprentice of Peace Youth Organization, Deep House with Human Services. They're doing some really great work uh, with people in the community. Uh, Center for Trauma and Resilience, right? Um, and it's and 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 honestly, Jay, it's a lot of great organizations that are doing the work. Struggle of Love, right? And you know the thing about it is within the ecosystem, um, I feel like you can find what services you need. So it's not just about the work we do, but also being a resource, right? work that we may not provide but we may have a sister organization right and within this ecosystem what i also see happening is systems of accountability right the more we work together the more we hold each other accountable so you know it it creates a healthier environment last one if anybody
0: wants to learn more about from the heart if they want to hire you to be their keynote speaker support what you're doing how can they find you
1: Wow. So we are all over social media, you know, on Instagram, you know, we're on Instagram at from the heart ENT, our website, www.fromtheheartent.com also Facebook from the heart ENT. And, and, you know, we share our events via Facebook typically and the website we have at least three to five access points a month where you can experience us virtually. You can experience us um, in person at least three to five times a month.
0: Awesome. We will uh, put all that in the show notes, Dr. Ali. I could not be more impressed. Keep up the great work. Yes, sir.
1: Jay, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again. Likewise. All right, my friend. Thanks for
0: listening to this powerful conversation with Dr. Halim Ali. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. You can learn more about Dr. Ali and From the Heart Enterprises at fromtheheartent.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram at fromtheheartent. Check the show notes for the links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Oh, 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 oh,